Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up. Ooh, eh, hey, look up. Good afternoon, everyone. You are listening to a live broadcast of the Looking Up program with Danny. And not Shell, it's Shanna today. <laughs> and Sharissa. I had to look at her to make sure I didn't say <laughs> Shell. <laughs> uh, it's good to have you here today, Pastor Danny. It's good to be here. Yeah. Very glad to be here and with Shanna. It's yes. fantastic to have her. So we're going like this Sharissa, Shanna, Shell, and Danny. <laughs> I'm like literally no, the no, odd no. one with out in Danny. more ways than one. <laughs> We're with Danny and with and all of our Danny. faithful listeners. <laughs> and we just love having you here. So uh, we're excited that everyone is joining us. We hope to hear from you at some point through the program. We'd love mm. to. Anyway, if you can give us a text message, we'd love to hear from you on our very own personal looking up program number 048 Maybe I should turn it into a song so people can just remember mm, it. You can do that. Yeah, maybe work on it for next week. But in the meantime, today we've got an exciting program. Mm, it's the indeed. end of an exciting series. Tell us what we're talking about today. The end. Well, on our 86 stations that are tuned in, I understand, yeah. according to Shanna. Um, if someone wants to fact check her, they can, <laughs> if they know how to do that. But now today we're going to be... We're going to be um, Closing our Three Angels series, this everlasting gospel that we've been journeying through. It's week 12, um, and we'll be closing with taking a look at how God's people are described in the book of Revelation who remain loyal and steadfast, and they wow. persevere through to the end. So it's a really, really exciting study. So we're going to be looking at the the, the kind of people God will have at the end of time that will give the trumpet a certain sound and point people to that looking up moment when Jesus will come. I'm getting all excited uh, already. I better just settle down. If you can only see him, folks, he's just trying to... (laughs) (laughs) He's bouncing around in the chair here. (laughs) Well, that's exciting and very, very relevant and important for all of us uh, to be studying together. So Mm, please stay with us. There's some good music coming up in this broadcast also. I just want to also let you know that if you want to catch up on any of our past episodes as we was mentioned this is the last episode in this particular series on the three mm-hmm. angels messages but if you want to catch up on the previous ones which have been excellent uh, just simply go to the faith fm website faithfm.com.au and then go to the looking up show on the podcast section and you can browse and listen to your heart's content go through all the three angels messages and uh, you'll be richly blessed but for now we're going to listen to the rochester's Bring us the song, His Eyes. And then after that song, we will continue with looking at what's happening in the world. Mm. How do we see the Bible coming alive today? Bible prophecy in particular. So enjoy. Sometimes his eyes were gentle and filled with laughter. Sometimes they cry. Sometimes there was a fire of holy anger in Jesus' eyes. But the eyes that saw hope in the hopeless, that saw through the fall to the need, are the same eyes that look down from heaven into the deepest part of you and me. His eyes are always 
gaze upon us His eyes never close in sleep And no matter where you go You will always be in His eyes In His eyes His voice comes calling like rolling thunder or like driving rain. And sometimes his voice is quiet and we start to wonder if he knows our pain. But he who spoke peace to the water cares more for our hearts than the waves. And the voice that said you're forgiven still says you're forgiven today today sometimes I look above me and stars are shining and I feel so small how could the God of heaven and all creation know I'm child I created you too and you my most precious creation I even gave my son for you and his eyes are always upon us his eyes never close in sleep and no matter where you go you was a beautiful song from the Rochesters and we are still here. This is the Looking Up program and we're up to that part in our program where we like to take a look at what's happening in the world and seeing how this relates to what Jesus said would be happening before he comes. And there's so much to talk about in this space every week. If you have a comment you'd like to make or something you'd like to bring up as well during this segment, we'd love to share it as well. 048-1762-4. Pastor Danny, what did you find? Well, there was a, there's a number of things um, that I want to sort of highlight uh, this week. Some of the things that we've already talked about, but they are significant. They're not going away anytime soon, and I believe they will only escalate as those labor pains that Jesus spoke of um, you know, predict. And that is this um, incredible food shortage that mm-hmm. we have now um, in the Middle East, um, in parts of Asia, and especially in Africa, the Horn of Africa, and it's uh, it's at an extreme level. Um, if people want to go to the United Nations um, website, they will have article after article highlighting um, how how there's a convergence of these factors. And I'm just looking at one headline here. So it's overlapping crises push millions into, and this is a quote 
from from the United Nations in the headline, Extreme Levels of Acute Food Insecurity. So they're saying we're at a point where we haven't been in over four decades. And, um, you know, the, as, as we've pointed out, Russia and the Ukraine are the major suppliers of wheat and corn to North Africa, you know, to, to the world food program. Mm-hmm. And so they're not able to receive that, that much needed food. And they've already had four years of drought where the rains haven't come at the right time and they're expecting a fifth year um, this year, the rains normally come around October, November, December. Um, in that part, you know, you're looking at, um, you know, uh, just a horrible situation. Just reading here, it says the the Food and Agricultural Organization, this is from this United Nations um, article and World Food Program, have called for urgent humanitarian action to save lives and livelihoods and prevent famine in the 20 hunger hotspots mm. where acute need is expected to rise from now until September. And, um, you know, and it speaks of this, um, you know, the, these multiple, uh, you know, looming food crises prompted by, col- here we go, the, 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 the three things that Jesus pointed out, prompted by conflict, that's war, climate shocks, okay, that, that, that's related to, to the drought that Jesus talked about, famine, and COVID-19, fallout, which is talking about the pandemics that Jesus talked about. And so this is this is all the way through, and we are just seeing this escalation that Jesus spoke of. And, um, and you know what? It's very, very sad, extremely sad to see this. And, um, yeah, it just, it just pains my heart that, that these things are taking place. Absolutely. It's amazing how the Bible is so current, when it was written so long ago, yeah. especially when you consider what's happening on, on all of those fronts in our world right now. I know that um, this week there's been a number of sad articles that I've seen on the news. There was a mm. family that was wiped out. Three generations of one family were affected or killed oh, wow. in a car accident in New Zealand. Um, so sad. Nine I think there were nine people in this van. Seven of them died. Oh, and it was, horrible. yeah, just tragic. And then there was another story of a man who got married on the 11th of June. He was honeymooning on Hamilton Island. Oh, you yes. saw that? Yeah, I heard about and that. And then they were just driving a golf buggy. He turned and it fell on her. And, oh, tragic. You know, tragedy, this, tragedy. this life, you know, um, the best of things mm. can be filled and fraught with pain. Yeah, on your honeymoon. On your honeymoon. Yeah, no. You know, wow. and the others were all a family traveling, traveling home together. And so this world is just a reminder. It makes us homesick for heaven. Yeah, absolutely. As the old, as that song says, you know, um, you know, I'm just a pilgrim traveling through. This is not my home. Yes. You know, we're just a traveling through. It's really, really fascinating. Um, as I was thinking about, you know, going back to, you know, these, these three, these three items that Jesus pointed out, which were there present before the fall of Jerusalem mm-hmm. um, in 70 AD, as Jesus predicted, and they were there as well in the Old Testament times. And when we look at our new series, we're going to unpack that some more. Um, but I was, I was, I was, I was thinking about about what's taking place, and I asked myself. You know, God inspired a woman by the name of Ellen White. We don't talk about her a lot here on this program, but maybe we can 
do some programs and just to fill people in and help them understand the gift of prophecy because the Bible talks about the gift of prophecy at the end of time in particular um, amongst, you know, God's end time people, you know, to be shared with the whole world as a blessing. And anyway, so I, I did a bit of a search yesterday and I asked the question, you know, is there anything in this space that she's written about? And she actually did, and this is really, really fascinating. It comes from a devotional book that's been put together um, utilizing some of her statements, and it's the book Maranatha. Mm. And the, that book means Maranatha means Jesus is coming. You it's know, that's, coming. That, yeah. that, that's what the word Maranatha means. So this devotional is all about the signs of Jesus coming and what the Bible has to say and uh, the messages that God gave to Alan White, you know, these insights regarding, you know, the circumstances that would lead up to the second coming of of Jesus, and this is what she says. This just blew me away, and she wrote this um, back in 1849. All right, so that's many moons ago. I, you know, over 170 years ago, and this is what she wrote. Um, she wrote, "The Lord has shown me in vision repeatedly that it is contrary to the Bible to make any provision for our temporal wants in the time of trouble. So she's speaking of a time that's still on the horizon. Okay, we're not there yet, but we're getting there quickly. She says, I saw that if the saints have food laid up by them or in the fields in the time of trouble, when sword, famine, and pestilence are in the land. So she mentions these three that we've just read in the United Nations that we read in Matthew 24. Mm-hmm. It will be taken from them by violent hands and strangers who would reap their fields. Then will be the time for us to trust wholly in God and he will sustain us. I saw that our bread and water would be sure at that time Hmm. and we should not lack or suffer hunger. The Lord has shown me that some of his children would fear when they see the price of food rising. Really? It says that? That's what it literally says. Are we seeing the (laughs) price of food rising? Yes. Let us... Yes, (laughs) not just lettuce, everything. (laughs) Indeed, indeed. Let me read that again. The Lord has shown me that some of his children would fear when they see the price of food rising and they would buy food and lay it up for themselves for the time of trouble. Then in a time of need, I saw them go to their food and look at it and it had bread worms and was full of living creatures, yikes, and not fit for use. So here she says a couple of very important things. One, what we are seeing on the news now, this escalation in food prices, interest rates going up, inflation rising, food shortages, you know, you name it, everything that we see on the news. She's saying we will see that at the end of time, at a time when there will be the sword, the famine and the pestilence in the land. Hmm. She's combining these elements together. Now, this was written 170 years ago. And she's saying we need to trust in the Lord because there are many, you know, of God's people today who who will see these things and say we need to store up food. And, yeah, there's nothing wrong with having a few extra rolls of toilet paper. It's probably a good idea yeah. <laughs> just in case. Um, and, you know, have, having having a few, a few extras uh, in the pantry or in the garage or wherever, nothing wrong. But she's talking about storing on mass and um, – and we ought to be putting our faith and trust in the Lord, and um, and yeah, not allowing not allowing our circumstances to shape our actions, but instead trusting in the Lord because He has promised our bread and our water will be sure. 
Absolutely, and it's encouraging when we look through Scripture to see how God has provided for His people in the past mm, amen. through a rock. He brought water from a rock. That's right. He fed Elijah from by ravens. He fed the children of Israel in the wilderness with bread from heaven, manna. Probably tasted like Krispy Kremes. <laughs> I don't know. I just, but uh, you know, God provides, and it's encouraging to be reminded of that as we face the future. Yeah, absolutely. And on another note, you know, it's been pretty chilly. Especially yes. in the mornings, you've yep. probably noticed. Um, Shadow, have you noticed it's been pretty chilly in the mornings? Indeed. <laughs> she was camping. She was camping. Week, yeah, in the chilly mornings. Oh, she went on the expedition. Oh, that must have been exciting. That must <laughs> have been exciting, yes. A whole bunch of pathfinders, if there's any pathfinders out there listening and you're still cold, uh, trying to get warm <laughs> from your expedition, we're, we're thinking of you. Yeah, it would have been like, at least it was a very nice weekend. Now, in Tasmania... All right, the bottom of our nation. Um, every year, the morning after the longest night, which is, you know, we've just had that a couple of days ago or yesterday, um, nude swimmers decide to go into the Derwent River there oh. in Hobart. Yes. They completely strip off and they go into this freezing cold water. Okay. In Tasmania, morning, in the morning, there was 2,000 of them. They sold out of tickets and so forth, according to this news article. Now, um, you, people might be wondering, what on earth has this got to <laughs> do with the I'm waiting for the connection to. <laughs> What's the connection to, to the signs that Jesus is coming back soon? Well, my friends, the connection is very, very strong because this is something that's only a recent phenomenon. This, this was not allowed previously. This was not allowed. There were, there were laws against doing this, you know, stripping off in a public place such as this and, you know, running into, running into wherever. Um, but up until about seven, eight years ago, when, when the first one was um, introduced there in Tasmania, it's been continuing, continuing. This tells me that, you know, the immorality that Jesus spoke of, the days of Lot, the days of Noah, they're here. You know where we celebrate this. You know this is this is celebrated. This this is not a bad well, news story. Yeah. According to this ABC news item, this is like something, you know, something to applaud, something mm. to celebrate, something to affirm and encourage. And what a wonderful thing these two thousand swimmers did. There were many more that wanted to join the party, but they just were not able to because of 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 you know they ran space. out of tickets. They ran out of tickets. Literally, they ran Amazing. out of tickets. And it's interesting. This is a pagan festival. Um, And it's at this time of the year there in Tasmania, um, which is sort of home to this pagan festival, that there's a whole bunch of inverted crosses on display. Wow. So this is paganism through and through, and we are celebrating paganism. So this is an even greater sign that things are wrapping up. Oh, that's a powerful um, sign. I'm glad you shared that with us and, and highlighted it. There's so much happening in society, the way our society is changing and shifting. Um, even simple questions like, what is a woman? Like, yes. <laughs> I've had to make a documentary about it, and it's, it's fascinating watch if you haven't seen it, by the way. it was um, I've watched it. I should let you watch it. But, um, I'd love to see it. On another sign of the times, there's been an earthquake. Now, I know there's always been earthquakes, but oh, Jesus okay. did say that there would be earthquakes mm-hmm. in various places. It's only 5.9. That's mm-hmm. still big, though, when you consider it was only 10 kilometers deep in Afghanistan. Um, so, you know... 
The earth is shaking to it wake is. us. Wake it us is. up. This is not going to keep going. The world will not keep going no. um, as we have, you know, have been. It's coming to an end. Jesus In, is coming. Indeed, he's coming soon. And so there's a convergence of the signs that we're talking about. I mean, really, in this short 15-minute segment that we have each week, we're only just scratching the surface. We're just pointing out a few different things. Um, but at, it's, it's at a time like this where um, this, this very interesting headline um, from a Time Magazine article back um, at the end of May on on the need for a global reset, mm-hmm. the need for a new world order. And it's interesting because Revelation speaks of a new world order. Yeah. The book of Daniel chapter 11 speaks of a new world order that will come in at the very end. And... Um, and this is this was the headline um, from one of these um, articles in this particular Time magazine. We need a new world order. The current th- that's a title, and then it goes on. The current international security system has nearly expired. It's rotted through. It re- its remains have collapsed and buried the world order beneath it. Trying to revive it is futile. Wow. And the article goes on and says that we need a new world order. And there's another one here where. Um, it speaks of the the headline the opportunities in global crises and this individual here his his writing and is saying that these global crises that we are experiencing is an opportunity to establish a new world order post world war 2 because that world order post world war 2 is no longer relevant uh, to us living you know some 70 plus years beyond world war 2 and so we are clearly seeing this call for peace and safety that the bible says when they say when they cry peace and safety then sudden destruction comes upon them like labor pains mm-hmm. using that language and so Sharissa, my friend we are getting very very close so whichever way we crunch the numbers we are getting closer and closer to the sound of the trumpet. Absolutely. And just to add to the earthquake thing, they feared 250 people oh, may wow, have been that's killed. Very, in that sad. very sad. Jesus is coming Indeed. soon, friends. Indeed. Uh, please stay with us on this channel. We're going to have a song by Carly Fletcher, Looking Unto Jesus. Then we'll listen to some news updates from ABC, I think it is. And then we'll continue Amen. with our Bible study. Let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. Laying aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Looking unto Jesus. Jesus, looking unto Jesus, 
Pandemics, floods, social unrest, and global warfare. Where is our world heading? Learn the answer from Daniel, prisoner of war who became the prime minister of ancient Iraq. He foretold future world kingdoms and events affecting our lives today. Seminar series starting 29th of June at 6 p.m. Community Hall, corner of Cowper and Gipps Streets, Tari. Free soup and buns at 5.45 p.m. Phone Graham on 0447-444-424. Or just come and join us for this eye-opening series. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. So often we don't see the bigger picture and we come to God and we're like, God, what are you doing? And sometimes it's a good thing to wrestle with God and to ask the tough questions and to tussle backwards and forwards like Jacob did and to come to that point where you cling to God and say, okay, I don't understand. I don't know what's going on. I don't know why Esau's coming with 400 men. When you told me to come back here, I have no idea what is going on right here, but I'm going to cling to you and I will not let you go unless you bless me. This is a great story to illustrate that, yes, there are times that we need to wrestle with God. Yeah. And by wrestling with God, that's how we get that new name. And I love how he says, like, the reason he calls it the face of God is because his life has been spared. We come and question God. We have no right. Yet God is so merciful to us, just like he was merciful to Jacob. Join us weekday mornings on The Breakfast Show. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. There's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Hey, look up, child. Hey, look up. You are still listening to Looking Up, and we are here to start the Bible study. Before we do, we want to make you aware of today's free offer. There are only three copies of this available, so you're going to have to be fast. Um, We'll just tell you what the offer is. It's a book called Christ Our Righteousness by Arthur G. Daniels. This book stresses the meaning of this wonderful teaching, Righteousness by Faith. It's the teaching of God's Word, and it's you'll find it very interesting. There's a lot of history here about how this was discovered, how it came to the front of um, a meeting of early Adventists. So you're going to enjoy this. The code word we have to give you in another segment. But for now, just keep the phone number handy, 04 888 Now, 
Pastor Danny, in the break, we had a listener text us. Oh, we've got at least one person out there listening, which is wonderful. <laughs> Praise the Lord for that. Amen. We're excited. Good to have you listening, Michael. Michael asks, why would you say the days of Noah are like now? Luke seventeen twenty six to 32. The days when the Son of Man is revealed weren't to go inside to get their goods. 70 AD, I think he's saying that applied to 70 AD, but not today. Okay, well, um, I'll do my best to answer that. I think I've got a handle on the overall intent of your question. It was Michael, was it? Yes. Michael, thank you so much for your question, Michael. When Jesus spoke of the days of Noah, and he also spoke of the days of Lot, there in Luke chapter 17, as you have rightly pointed out, um, all the way from verse 26 to verse 30 is where he speaks of Noah and Lot. He's saying, as it was in that day, so it will be just before I return. So if we take a look at the conditions um, that were prevalent in the days of Noah and in the days of Lot, and we compare them to the conditions in the world today, we can we can then come to a conclusion whether we are indeed living in such a time. And when you take a look at the days of Noah, it's very clear there was violence. You know, the men's hearts were filled with violence continually. The Bible says every you know every thought. Um, was violent. There was um, there was abuse taking place. We've done a series on yes, we did on on the days of Noah. We've, I think we've done the six or seven part mm-hmm. series here on the Looking Up show. So we've gone into a lot of detail. We've unpacked that. Um, the days of um, Noah were filled, yet like I said, with violence and with immorality. Um, where biblical marriage went out the window. And, um, and, and people were just simply godless. They had, they had no faith and trust in God. Um, they did not believe in the word of God. They turned their backs on God and they were very much focused on that which was popular. In the days of Lot, uh, you have, you, you have a situation there where you have the, a combination of violence and immorality. Once again, today, we have the same. Um, you have marriage and family once again out the window. In that day, so the common denominators are violence, um, immorality, and the decline and destruction of biblical marriage and family, which we have today, and that was celebrated. That was celebrated. So when Jesus talks about, you know, don't go back home and don't collect your goods and so on and so forth, what he's saying in that passage there, in connection with the destruction of Jerusalem, was. When you see the sign to flee the city, then immediately run for your life. Immediately run for your life. Don't go back. You know, don't don't do anything. But focus on getting your priorities right. Yes. And so we're living in a day and age where we are seeing, you know, the siege developing around this world, and the day will come when there will be another sign, and we'll talk about that maybe in, the, in our next series, um, there will be a sign, a very clear sign when we will know that things are wrapping up and then it will be time once again. Mm-hmm. Um, to As it was in the days of Jerusalem in 70 AD where people left, left the city, people will be once again leaving the cities, leaving the small towns, they'll be fleeing into the into the countryside and ultimately then into the wilderness areas and that's when Psalm 91 that we quoted from earlier where you're Bread will be sure and your water will be, you know, provided 
um, by God will, will come to the fore. As God fed the children of Israel in the desert with manna and as he provided water from a rock, as you pointed out earlier, so God will provide for his people. So we're, we're literally um, living through those times and we are seeing the establishment of what the Bible says will happen again as it did back in the days of 70 AD. Yeah, and I think Jesus' um, admonition to us is still true. Remember Lot's wife, mm. just like what you're saying, because if, if our hearts are tied to the things of this yeah. world, when the time comes to leave this world, we won't be wanting to leave because our heart will be here. But God wants us to have a greater concern for the things of eternity for himself. And, uh, yeah, uh, thank you for that it's answer. A great- Great question. Thank you so much. Yeah, we appreciate well, we're, it. We're going to be going to into a lot of details when we deal with our next series. Yes, so keep listening, Michael, if that wasn't um, fully answering everything. There's more answers, more coming. Uh, some good news. We had another text. Oh, wow. Two people are listening. Praise <laughs> well, the Lord. Well, it gets even better. This three. <laughs> Freco and Adrian are listening, which makes it oh, at, least at least three. Oh, there's at least three. At least three people. Good Wonderful. to have you, Freco oh, and Adrian. It's great to have you guys. Welcome along. It's good to have three of us. You know what? I was talking. <laughs> to your dear husband oh, yes. um, today yes. and just seeing how he's going and um, yeah God is God is taking care of him in a beautiful way and one of these yeah. days he's going to come and share with yes. us um, the lessons that God has been teaching him the wonderful spiritual lessons God has been teaching him through this journey of his um, and I guess you know both of you are in this journey together and he was telling and he was telling me that he was talking to I think one of your church members potentially yes. um yeah. yeah someone who got baptized 6 months 12 months ago or something like that and he was just telling him about you know some of the options in connection with you know um where to uh from here for him as far as treatment goes and you know they're talking about you know uh, radiotherapy and so forth and this um and this member said oh I get my therapy I have my radiotherapy every week. And he's like, what? What do you mean? Yeah, I listen to the Looking Up show and I have my radiotherapy. <laughs> That's good, isn't it? Radiotherapy with Danny. Yeah, and Sharissa and Shanna. Yes. Shanna, sorry, Shanna. Shanna, Shanna. Shanna, I, I did get it right. You got hey, it, Shana. you got it. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Yeah. So anyway, so it's it's great to be able to share on these things. It is. And I'd rather this kind of, of radiotherapy any day. Oh, absolutely. We're, we're pointing people to Jesus and his soon return. Amen. Well, I guess that uh, sets the table for our Bible study. It does indeed. It does indeed. And um, so today is our... Our, our final Bible study in this series as we unpack the gospel that Jesus spoke of in Matthew twenty four fourteen that needs to go to the whole world. Yes. And as we've discovered, Charissa, uh, that gospel in an end time context is found where? Revelation 14, 6 to 12. Exactly. And it's referred to there as the everlasting gospel. gospel. And do you remember what that word gospel means? Well, good news. Good news. Yeah, that's what the word literally means. Good news. Evangelion. Um, in the in the Greek, and what makes the good news so good is the bad news as well. That's exactly <laughs> you know right. how bad the bad news is. That's right. So when we compare the good news to the bad news, it really stands out. Yeah. And so we've been journeying through God's final message of love to the world. We have discovered that um, in these three angels' messages, which are these three, and an angel is a messenger. Um, you know, the, these three messages that God is sending to the world one. One final time at the end of time to prepare the world for his soon return because that's what follows the three angels' messages as you keep reading in Revelation 14 verses 14 to 20. We have 
you know, the the grain and the grapes, uh, the saved and the lost, and mm-hmm. it's the it's the coming of Jesus. So these three messages. Um, uh, the gospel at the end of time, and prepare the world to make a decision one way or the other. And we've discovered um, that we can summarize these three messages in six words. Yes. And by now, I think not only you, but our listeners might be familiar with these six words that summarize the three angels' messages. The first angel's message is... God's truth. The second angel's message. Satan's lies. And then the third angel's message. Your choice. Your choice. So we can either choose God's truth that sets us free or Satan's lies, which lead ultimately to deception and, and destruction. And it's our choice. And so we're going to be taking a look at this, uh, the last verse in particular in Revelation chapter 14. Um, verses 6 to 12, we're going to be taking a look at verse 12, which speaks of the individuals at the end of time that will make that choice to serve God, to follow his truth, to receive his gospel message, to receive his righteousness, to receive his gift of salvation. Mm -hmm. Those that God will use through the power of the Holy Spirit to share the message of his love far and wide and to prepare the world for the second coming of Jesus. So that's where we're going to be taking a look at God's end time John the Baptist generation or God's end time Elijah's. Amen. That God will use. So we want to pray and um, and then, um, yeah, we're going to continue. So if you'd like to pray and then sure. we'll carry on. Dear Lord, we just thank you for the privilege we have to study your word. And we just ask for the Holy Spirit. May he lead us and guide us into a greater understanding of your beautiful truth. We pray for our listeners too, that they would gain a rich blessing from this study of your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen. All right, Sharissa, let's take a look at this passage. Um, And we're going to zero in on um, a little of... Verse 11, chapter 14, Revelation 14, verse 11, and all of verse 12. Because here we have a contrast between these two groups at the end of time. So if you'd like to read that for us, please. All right. The Bible says they have no rest day or night who worship the beast and his image and whoever receives the mark of his name. Verse 12, here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Okay. So there's two very distinct groups, isn't there, here? Mm Mm-hmm. So one group, they worship who? The beast and his image. And they receive the mark. Mm -hmm. And they have no rest, day or night. So there's no rest for them. Whereas the other group... They have rest. They have rest. They're referred to as patient saints of God. They keep the commandments and they have the faith of Jesus. It makes the words of Jesus even more real. He said, come unto me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, Mm. and I will give you rest, Mm. a rest the world cannot give. So they don't have Jesus ultimately. Ultimately. So they have no rest. I haven't thought about that, but yet they don't have Jesus. Mm. Because Jesus is the one who gives rest. They haven't put their confidence in him. Yes. He is the one who gives true rest. Very good. Well, let's take a look at this word. So what we'll do is we're going to unpack Revelation 14, 12. We're going to unpack what it means um, when it speaks of, you know, patience, um, the saints having patience. You know, who are these saints? Um, the commandments of God. What's the what's the significance of, of that phrase that describes God's people and the faith of Jesus? So we're going to look at that as we, as we go along. So that word patience, I looked it up. Um, in Strong's Concordance, and would you like to read what the word literally means? 
patiently waiting, patiently continuing, steadfastness, enduring to the end. Wow. So does that does that describe in a very powerful and a very practical way who God's end time people will be? Yeah, it sounds like a, a group of people in the world who are looking up. Mm, they are. And they're, <laughs> they're, and they're enduring to the end. They're enduring to the end. We're going to discover that Jesus talked about this in Matthew 24. But before that... Um, it's interesting. I I had a look at um, yeah the Strong's Concordance that added a little a little note um, to to this definition that you've just read, and I'll just read it here. It says in the New Testament, this term is often used to describe a characteristic of a man, and we can add woman, who is not swerved from his or her deliberate loyalty to faith and piety by even the greatest trials and sufferings. Mm, powerful. Wow. So that's literally how that word is used in the New Testament. It appears some 32 times, that exact word, 32 times in the New Testament. And that's, and that's an overall description. So are God's people going to be going through the greatest trials and sufferings of any group of God's people Absolutely. at the end of time? Is that going to be their experience? I would say so. Okay, so this is specifically... A time of trouble such as never was. <laughs> so, 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 so when it speaks of the patience of the saints, it's wow. deeper yep. than just their patience. Yeah. You know, um, this is a group of people who are so loyal and faithful to God that they are willing, through the power of God, to endure the greatest trials and sufferings. Mm. Well, that's... That's huge, isn't it? It's deep. That's very, very deep. That's very deep. And that's what we do on the Looking Up show. We go deep. <laughs> we go deep because we know that the people who are tuning in love deep Bible studies. Isn't that right, right, Sharissa? Absolutely. Oh, look at that. We're, we're out of time. time. Just like that. We went so deep. It's good we, we came up for some air. We're gonna have, I know, just as well. We're going to listen to my sister, Marlita oh. Fong. She is going to bring us a song for all he's done. And I know she's featuring in this song with some good friends, Ben Millis, Yana, Sanya, and for mine. Every morning when I wait to see the sun, I can't help but think about the Lord and all the things He's done. Praise the Lord for all He's done. For all He's done. I'm gonna lift my hands and praise Him for all He's done. I'll try to live my life to please Him. Even though I don't deserve to live, my life has just begun and I can't help. Praise the Lord for all He's done. 
are back, and that was. If that didn't wake you up and wow. revive your heart, listen again. <laughs> It was very uplifting. So praise the Lord for all He's done. Well, we're back to our Bible study. Before we do, I just want to give you another plug. We have this free offer. I'm not going to give the code word yet because、mm-hmm. we've only got three of these. A book by. By A.G. Daniels, Christ Our Righteousness. It's going to share with you some exciting history and just why this subject is such a beautiful one for you to know, to cherish, and to hold in your heart. So、uh, we'll give the code word soon. But in the meantime, write down this number zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. And if you have a comment or a question too throughout this broadcast, we'd love to hear from you.、Mm, yes, indeed. Yes, indeed. That was a beautiful song.、Yeah. Beautiful song, indeed. Thank you so much. All right. Well, we're continuing on with our study, and we're unpacking this first word. It speaks here is the patience of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and have the faith of Jesus. So we're looking at what this word patience、um, entails. God's people described as patient. Now, I looked up that word as I pointed out, Shori. So it appears some thirty-two times in the New Testament. And the very first time this word appears, patience,、yes. is in Luke chapter eight. It's、so? in the context of the parable that Jesus says of the sower, the sower that went out to sow seed, good seed, and as you know, some of the good seed fell on the the wayside, yep, and some of it fell amongst the thorns, some of it fell amongst the rock, and some of it fell amongst the good soil. You remember that? I remember the story. Yep, that's right. So it's interesting that、um, the first time this word patience. Uh, appears is in Luke chapter eight and verse fifteen, and here the seed falls on the good ground. And if you want to read that passage, because it's really, really instructive as to God's end time people. All right, the Bible says Luke eight fifteen. But the ones <coughs> that fell on the good ground are those who, having heard the word with a noble and good heart, keep it and bear fruit with patience. Okay, so these are God's end time people. They've heard. The word, they've heard the truth presented to them. The first angel's message. They've heard God's truth, and then, with a noble and a good heart, they make a decision to keep it. You know, to bear fruit, and that's how we bring God honor and glory. We bear fruit for His honor and glory with patience. So, guess what? Jesus is saying it's not necessarily going to be easy. Remember the definition. It's enduring under trials and、mm-hmm. difficulties and persecutions because Paul says, you know,、um, marvel not. He says, you know, and all those who seek to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution.、Yes. So when we choose Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior, we receive that peace in our hearts that passes all understanding. But at the same time, we declare war on Satan, absolutely, and on his host. So in a war. There's going to be、Attack. there's going to be attacks. There's going to be you know there's going to be pain.、Um, there's going to be suffering,、yes. and so Satan then you know has a full on assault upon those who choose Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. So this is describing those who at the end of time、um, will persevere. They will remain true and faithful and loyal in the midst of that. Great trial that the enemy will bring to them.、Mm. So you know, Jesus talked about that in Luke twenty-one, verse nineteen. He used the same the same word there is used, 
And if you want to read Luke 21 verse 19, just yes. that little section says. He said, by your patience, possess your souls. Okay, now Luke 21 is the parallel chapter to Matthew 24 yep. um, and Mark 13. And so there Jesus is also speaking of, of, of his end time people that they will through, you know, challenges and difficulties, they need, a, they need to continue to just keep true to Christ, possess your souls. In other words, hold on to that crown of life. Yes. You know, don't let go. Mm-hmm. Hold on, hold on, hold on. So if we continue to hold on to Christ, we will get through. Now, it's interesting in Matthew 24, verse 13, Jesus, on that occasion, uses a slightly different word, but it's um, from the same root word from Revelation 14, verse 12. And you want to read Matthew 24, verse 13, because here it adds some other real interesting insights. Yes, the Bible says, but he who endures to the end shall be saved. Okay, that's Jesus. Yeah. He's speaking. And that precedes verse 14, which is, and the gospel is going to go to the whole world. Now, do you want to read the little, um, the little note here from Strong's Concordance? So this is a definition of this word endures. Mm-hmm. Listen up, folk. This is really, really interesting and very important. Endure means to persevere under misfortunes and trials and to hold fast to one's faith in Christ, to endure, bear bravely and calmly ill treatments, to remain and abide, not recede or flee, to stay under. Yeah, I, you know what? I mean, I love, I love that whole, all, all those, all those um, beautiful descriptors, but I especially love the last one, to stay under. Mm. You know, God's people at the end of time are going to stay under the protection of Jesus. Yeah. You know, I think of... Under um, his wings. Under his wings, yes. Under his wings, they'll be sheltered. They'll find shelter under his wings. Mm. And it's interesting because in Matthew 23, just before Matthew 24, Jesus says, you know, how much I wanted to gather you like a mother hen gathers her little chicks, but you were not willing. So it's just that, you know, Jesus wants to gather us under, you know, under his protection. Mm-hmm. And so at the end of time, God is going to gather his people mm-hmm. and he's going to protect them in the midst of the trials um, and the tribulation that they will experience. You know, like you pointed out, a time of trouble such as the world. God, in spite of that, will continue to to be with his people and will continue to have his hand over them. Amen. Isn't that beautiful? Beautiful. That's all from Revelation chapter 14, verse 12. Ah, Revelation's a beautiful book. It is. Um, <laughs> Romans um, chapter 5 uh, uses that same word that we find there in Revelation 14, 12. I mean, it appears many times. We won't we'll probably just... Uh, stick with uh, that one and I'll, I might skip a couple of the other ones. But if you want to read um, Romans 5, verses 3 to 5. We also glory in tribulations, knowing that the tribulation produces perseverance and perseverance character, and character hope. Now hope does not disappoint because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts by the Holy Spirit who is given to us. All right, so what does this say to you? Oh, perseverance or patience and you, um, produces character. Mm. Character is the one thing you can take to heaven. Mm. You can't take our iPhones or our computers. You can't take cars. your iPhone. Are you telling me we won't be able to take the iPhone? I really, I How are we gonna sorry survive? to break your hearts. How are we going to survive in heaven and on new earth without our iPhones? We're going to have a new phone. <laughs> Without our tablets. We need our phones. Oh, praise the Lord. I can't wait for that day when the, be amazing. when the mobile phone will be no longer needed. Oh, what a great day that will be. 
We'll have a telephone to glory. Oh. And <laughs> we can go speak with God. Oh, wouldn't that and, be great? Anybody we want no to. Screens. No screens. No screens. No screens. <laughs> Zero screens, just worshiping at the feet of Jesus. Amen. Oh, wow. That's just going to be so beautiful. And, yeah, this passage tells us that, yeah, you know, perseverance or that same word, you know, patience, yeah, as you pointed out, produces character and that, and that produces that hope Amen. that we have. Um I want to go to Revelation chapter 1 and verse 9. It's interesting that John the Revelator experienced what God's end time people will experience once again. Because he he speaks of it in chapter 1 verse 9. Do you want to read that? I, John, both your brother and companion in the tribulation and kingdom and patience of Jesus Christ, was on the island that is called Patmos for the word of God and for the testimony of Jesus Christ. Mm, There you go. So why was John... On the island of Patmos. Was he having a holiday there? No, he was there for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. God allowed him to be there for this reason. Mm, so was Patmos a bit like Daydream Island? It was um, a penal colony. Penal colony. <laughs> Anything Australians but. know a lot about that. Yes, we do. Yes, we do. So this, he was not on a holiday. No. Um, no know, rocking chair. No, nah, this wasn't some no island out in the Bahamas um, or anything like that. Yeah, the island of Patmos. I've been on You've there. You've been there? I've been there. Yeah, what's it like? There. Were there palm trees? It's one trees? of the Greek islands. No, there were not palm trees. Rocky? Is it very rocky? Yeah, a bit rocky. Yeah, certainly yeah. very rocky. And... Um, yeah, so he was there, and yeah, he was his, I guess, yeah, on this bit like Alcatraz once upon a time. Amazing. And he was there enduring because of Jesus Christ, mm. you know, for the word of God and the testimony of Jesus Christ. And it's interesting that God's end time people in Revelation twelve seventeen are described as those who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. And Satan. The dragon is angry with them as he was with John. Yes. Nothing new under the sun. No. So he's remained. You know you're doing something right when the devil's mad. Absolutely. <laughs> so the more we get the devil mad, the better uh, The better we are as far as our spiritual well-being is concerned. Mm. All right, let's go, to, let's go to the word saints now. Let's go to the word saints. And um, let's take a look at what this word means in Revelation 14, 12. Do you want to tell us what the word means from Strong's Concordance? Holy ones, physically pure, morally blameless, ceremonially consecrated. Wow. That's a... That's a different definition to maybe what a lot of people were expecting. Yeah. Do you want to read that again? Because that's really interesting. So this is what the word literally means, and this is how it's used. Holy ones, physically pure, morally blameless, ceremonially consecrated. Wow. So these are God's end-time people. Ah, actually, that's actually very powerful on a number of points. Well, do you want to... I was just thinking like the... (laughs) So saints are not the ones that have been canonized Mm -hmm. by any pontiff, but those who have chosen to give their lives to Christ. So Mm -hmm. they've been set apart. Holy means Mm -hmm. set aside for Mm -hmm. holy purpose. Mm -hmm. Physically pure. They're looking after their body temples. Mm -hmm. They've responded. They're obviously applying God's health principles. Morally blameless. We can only be morally blameless if you're keeping God's law. His Ten Commandments would Mm be enshrined on the tablets of your heart and ceremonially consecrated. I'm just thinking about people who, like the rite of baptism, Mm. you commit yourself through the ceremony of Mm -hmm. baptism Mm -hmm. to Christ Mm -hmm. publicly. Mm -hmm. That's powerful. It is very powerful. Mm. Very powerful. And that leads into, if you want to take a look at Revelation 14 verses 1 to 5, describe the character 
of God's end time people. There, we've we've spoken about this before. The 144,000 are described there, and it's interesting based on this definition that we have seen regarding the saints. What it says in Revelation 14, verses 4 and 5. Do you want to read Revelation 14, verses 4 and 5? Yes. The Bible says, These are they which are not, which were not defiled with women, for they are virgins. These are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being first fruits unto God and to the Lamb. And in their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. Wow. So that describes those ones who are referred to as the saints. Yes. They follow the Lamb wherever He goes. Yes. They, they are loyal to Him. They are faithful to Him. Yes. Well, let's take a look briefly before we move into another break um, on, on this idea of, of love and loyalty combined mm-hmm. amongst God's end-time people. In Revelation fourteen twelve, it says that not only are God's people patient, and that they are described as saints, but also they are described as as doing what? What sort of activity? Keeping God's commandments. Keeping God's commandments. Why would that be important? And how is that connected with love and loyalty? What does well, Jesus tell us? Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Mm-hmm. So I guess a sign of loyalty to God would be obedience to his law over and above the obedience to any other law. Whom you obey would be to whom you give your loyalty to. Mm. So, so God's law of love, the Ten Commandments, God's law of love, they are the principles of his kingdom yes. because his law is, is literally his throne. Yes, and that was illustrated in the sanctuary. It was. In the Ark of the Covenant. It was. Mercy seat, yeah. throne beneath. Absolutely. Oh, okay, we run out of time. <laughs> Pat Barrett and Worship Together are going to bring us a song now, Morning by Morning. And after they have brought us that song, we continue unpacking this exciting finale to the Three Angels' Messages. Daily, daily I surrender Grace for today is all that I need Surprised by a mercy that's new every morning Waking my soul to sing Oh, waking my soul to sing I will trust where you lead I will trust what I can see Morning by morning Great is your faithfulness to me Breath by breath overtaken by one One step at a time when I'm overwhelmed Strength for today and bright hope for tomorrow Awaken my soul to sing Awaken my soul to sing I will trust Trust, but I can't see morning by morning. Great is your faithfulness to me. 
together bringing us morning by morning and you're still listening to the looking up program we are excited now we need a drum roll mm. we're going to give the code word it's a pretty bad drum roll <laughs> that was the best drum roll i've ever <laughs> that's a good one well, only on the Looking Up show do you hear a drum roll like that like that exactly <laughs> just as well it the only happens here the code word for today is Faithful. Faithful. That's easy to remember. Faith FM. Faithful with one L. This is for all our faithful Faith FM listeners. That's right. We have three copies for people. So text the word faithful to the number 048817624. If you're one of the first three, this book, Christ Our Righteousness, is coming to you free as a gift. So, yes, please make the most of that. Text the word Faithful to zero four triple eight seventeen sixty two four. Amen, and you will be blessed by that book. Think so. Written many moons ago, but very, very good, mm-hmm. solid stuff. All right, we're looking at God's end time people as they are described in Revelation fourteen twelve. We've been unpacking um, God's people who are described as patient. Yep. They're described as saints, and now we discover that God describes them in his word, as those who keep the commandments of God. Yes. Now, we have discovered that love for God and love for his law of love are synonymous. Mm -hmm. You know, that's what the Bible says. Jesus says, if you love me, keep my commandments. That's nice and clear. Now, it's interesting in Revelation 12, 17, we alluded, I shared on this briefly, um, but the dragon there. Yes. At the end of time. He's enraged with the woman. And in particular, who is he enraged with, Sharissa? Oh, with the remnant of her seed, with the rest of her seed, who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. That's Revelation twelve seventeen. Indeed, indeed. He's angry with God's loyal people because they're showing loyalty to God and to Christ. Jesus said, if you love me, keep my commandments. Satan doesn't want anyone showing genuine love to Jesus Christ. 
And we know that the greatest um, demonstration of love is obedience. I mean, when two people get married, what do they do? They promise. They make a pledge. They make a pledge. They promise. They have a covenant Mm -hmm. um, between the two of them that they publicly um, share with one another before all these witnesses, however many there may be. Um, And God also has a covenant between him and his people. And that covenant is his law of love. And it's interesting, you know, the dragon doesn't want um, anyone to be loyal and faithful to all of God's Ten Commandments, which are, as we said, a transcript of his character, the foundation of his government. Because of what we also read in Revelation 22, verse 14. Mm -hmm. You want to read Revelation 22, verse 14? Blessed are those who do his commandments that they may have the right to the tree of life and may enter through the gates into the city. Okay, now does the dragon want anyone to enter in through the gates into the New Jerusalem? No, he wouldn't want that. Instead, notice who's outside the city. Verse 15 of Revelation 22. But outside are dogs and sorcerers and sexually immoral and murderers and idolaters and whoever loves and practices a lie. Okay. These descriptors, are they those who keep the commandments or those who break the commandments? Not the keepers. Not the keepers. Well, there, um, is murder one of the commandments? It's definitely one of the commandments. What Thou else? shalt not murder. Sexual immorality. Thou shalt not commit adultery. Absolutely. What about lying? Thou shalt not bear false witness. There you go. So these are the <laughs> commandment breakers. Yes. So inside the city are the commandment keepers. Mm-hmm. Outside the city are the commandment breakers. And it's interesting. It describes them as those who love and practice a lie. Now, there are three different lists in Revelation 21 and 22. We don't have the time to look at all three that describe those who sadly will be lost at the end of time. Mm -hmm. And in all three lists, there's only one characteristic that is common to all three. Mm. And it's the word lie. That's the only one. That's interesting. I looked at three, I compared all three, and that was the only uh, characteristics that was common in all three lists. Wow. Okay, now this tells me something. So so I'm following this this characteristic of lying. And guess what? I get to 1 John chapter 2 and verse 4, and notice what it says there. He who says, I know him and does not keep his commandments is a liar, and the truth is not in him. Oh, have mercy. So here we have those who claim to be disciples of Christ, but choose willfully not to keep God's holy law of love. The Bible says they are liars. Mm. And the truth is not in them. And then I'm doing a little bit more digging, and I get to John 8.44 and the words of Jesus. Who is the ultimate liar? He said, you are of your father the devil and the desires of your father you want to do. He, that's the devil, was a murderer from the beginning. He is a liar and the father of it. Mm-hmm. Powerful. So those who are outside the city in Revelation twenty-two fifteen, love and practice a lie. Mm-hmm. Those who say we belong to God but choose not to keep God's Ten Commandments, all of them, because they're all important and especially you know the fourth one at the end of time which will be the sign between God and his people as we've already looked at mm-hmm. God says they're liars you can say whatever you want but you know the the proof is 
in your obedience to me. Not to be saved, as we've discovered, but because you are saved. This yeah. is this is your loyalty being expressed mm. in action that you genuinely love me from the heart. And so it's interesting that it uses that language. So it speaks here. Jesus says, you know, um, the fa- your father, you know, the devil, he was a murderer from the beginning and he was a liar and the father of it. Now, I looked at murderer and liar. You know yeah. me, I, I like to look a little bit deeper and I like to go outside, you know, the square. And I'm looking at Revelation 13. Okay. And in Revelation 13, guess what? Satan uses his two favorite tactics in order to destroy God's end time people. In order to deceive the world, deception and coercion. Mm. Deception through lying mm-hmm. and false miracles and signs and wonders. Coercion through coercion, those who believe the lies. <laughs> those who believe the lies and there's no buying and no selling and ultimately their lives will be on the line. Yeah. So we've got murder. Satan murdering at the end of time, Satan lying at the end of time. And here in John 8.44 you have these two characteristics that John the Revelator describes in Revelation 13, nothing new under the sun. Mm. Isn't that incredible? That is interesting. Yeah, when you compare Scripture with Scripture, you see these incredible truths coming through. And guess what we have in Hollywood today? What? The movies (laughs) are laced with murders and with lies. That's like big business, and that's Mm -hmm. what sells. Mm -hmm. And so Satan is rolling out his end-time plan through saturating Hollywood with that which is going to be uh, part of his end-time strategy to deceive and ultimately destroy as many as he possibly can with him in the lake of fire at the end of time. And so thank God for his word. Thank God for the scriptures. Now, James chapter 2, verse 10 says, you know, if... Um, if we if we keep the whole law and yet stumble in one point, we are guilty of all. And there he's quoting um, in the context of the commandments. Mm-hmm. So there are some people that feel that, you know, nine commandments are okay or eight or seven or six. Yeah, I had a conversation with somebody this week. They mm-hmm. said that the Sabbath no longer applies because we're not under the law anymore. We're under grace. Mm-hmm. And I said to the person who was sharing me with me their conversation with this person, and I said, well, I'd like to know if they think it's okay to murder mm-hmm. because the Sabbath commandment is at the heart of the, of the Ten Commandments, mm-hmm. which includes those ones mm-hmm. too. So if you're going to do with way, away with one, you may as well do away with them all. Mm-hmm. What'd they say? They haven't come back yet. They haven't come back to you. They're <laughs> thinking and pondering. Yes. And that's true. That's true. Um, and it's interesting. You know, we won't go into that right now, but the one commandment where God says, remember, Yes. You know, the one commandment that begins with the word remember, you know, the sadly much of the Christian community chooses willfully to forget. Yeah. All right. Now, let's take a look at where God wants to place his law of love. Would you like to read Hebrews chapter 8 and verse 10? The Bible says, For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says the Lord. I will put my laws in their minds and write them on their hearts, and I will be their God, and they shall be my people. Okay, so where does God want to place his law of love? On the tablets of our hearts. Why is that important? Because if it's in our hearts, it's 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 in our hearts to love him. Like mm. it's not love makes it easy. It's a natural. He changes our hearts to actually want to do what he wants us to do. 
So God will only accept um, loyalty and love and obedience if it comes from the heart. Absolutely. So it needs to have the right motivation attached to it. Powerful point. So that, that is why it must come from the heart, yeah. Yeah, and that's highlighted again with how God seals us. We're not sealed in our right mm-hmm. hand. We receive mm-hmm. People receive the Good mark point. of the beast in the right hand or the forehead. Mm-hmm. Right hand because you go along with, mm-hmm. you know, the crowd. Through coercion. Through coercion. Or the forehead because you make a choice. You're willing to be deceived. But the seal of God only received in the forehead because mm-hmm. it's there we make our decision to mm-hmm. follow Jesus. Mm-hmm. We're not saved by our works. That's right. We're saved by that commitment to Christ. So the seal of... Yeah. Manifests and works. Exactly. So the seal of God is in the forehead as well as the Father's name yes. is in the forehead. Character. Character. Beautiful. So it's always in the mind. It's always in the heart. And um, so that that's very, very powerful. So keeping God's commandments is an outward sign of loyalty and allegiance to God. It's a public declaration that you worship God and God alone. So it's, it's that public outward manifestation um, that you're saying, I belong to God. So that is why God's end-time people described as patient saints, those who keep the commandments of God. This is their, this is their public um, proclamation that they belong to God, just like two individuals who get married often give each other a wedding ring mm-hmm. as that outward symbol, that outward sign that they belong to one another. And that's why they make those public vows. That's why it's done in a public way before witnesses. And so God is inviting us to to be his witnesses in a public manner, to stand up for his law of love and to share that and to live in harmony with those principles. And a great way to to embody that in your life is to commit yourself to Jesus publicly through baptism. Because when we are baptized, we are saying yes to Jesus and no to everybody else. Indeed. And so, yeah. If you want to be part of that people at the end of time, you should be preparing by committing your life to Jesus in baptism. And if people would like to know a little bit more about baptism, how can they get some more information? Are we able to help them? I think we could. I think if they were to contact us here on studio number, maybe Mm -hmm. we could work out how we could help you there. 04-888-17624. Just say, I would like to know more about Bible baptism. Mm, And we will help you with that. Yes. And, um, And really that's what it's about. It's about making that decision for Christ um, publicly. And baptism is a beautiful symbol where you die to the old way of living and you live now in harmony with the principles of Christ. And so, you know, there's nothing more special, is there, in a baptism? Yes. Nothing more special. And it doesn't matter how old you are, you know, if you've accepted Christ, you understand what it means to be a disciple of Jesus Christ and you want to follow him, then being baptized um, is the next step in that journey. Yep. So give us a call. All right, we want to take a look at this last section, and um, we're going to take a look at the faith of Jesus. Okay, this this is is the final section. The faith of Jesus or faith in Jesus, it can mean either or. Why is this so important, Sharissa? Well, it's one of the qualities of God's end-time people. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. it's important. The faith of Jesus, the faith of Jesus. How important is looking to Jesus and, and, and looking at the faith that we have in him? Do you want to read for us Hebrews 12, verses 1 to 3? Therefore we also, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which so easily ensnares us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us, 
looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and has sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. For consider him who endured such hostility from sinners against himself, lest you become weary and discouraged in your own souls. Okay, so who are God's end time people looking to at the end of time? They're looking to Jesus who is the author, I love that, the mm. author and the finisher. Mm. He starts it, he finishes it. He finishes it. it. <laughs> Isn't that wonderful? And Amen. this is this concludes the three angels' messages, well, the faith of Jesus. This is so cool, and I think there's a lot more to unpack in this. Oh, there is. So we're going to listen to TVAC, Bring Us Oh, the Deep, Deep Love of Jesus, Then we'll have another news break, and we will continue with the final leg of this amazing study.
Breakfast Show. Bits worth repeating. Toxic masculinity is a thing. It is not everything that the woke community says it is by mm. any stretch of the imagination. The devil always tries to push the pendulum from one extreme to the other. Yeah. But it's a very real thing, and it's a disgusting thing, and it's an awful thing. Yeah. And what Onan was doing here, this is toxic masculinity. Yeah. He's using his position of privilege to abuse this woman. As a result, it says, But the Lord considered this evil to deny a child to his dead brother. So the Lord took Onan's life. Okay, so this is interesting. What was it that God said was evil? Uh, to deny his brother a child. The sin that he was committing was the sin of using this woman yeah. without giving her what she needed. Yeah. You just do nothing positive for their life. You don't support them in any way whatsoever. That's an abusive relationship. That is what's going on here. This was a segment from The Breakfast Show. Join in each weekday morning here on Faith FM. You're listening to Faith FM, positively different radio. The Breakfast Show, 7 till 9, weekday mornings. Be there. Hey everyone, you're listening to a repeat of our live show, Looking Up. That's right, and if you think this is good, you'll definitely want to tune in on Wednesdays at 3.30 to join us for the live event, because you can actually participate. It's a free giveaway that you can claim, you can text in your questions and prayer requests. Live is so much more fun, so catch you then. Hey, look up, child. Hey, look up. And this... Program has just gone so fast. It's whizzed by once again. Absolutely, time is flying. Time flies when you're having fun, though. Indeed, indeed. Great to have you joining us for this final segment as we as we look to land. Now, before we went to the break, the news break, and so forth, we discovered that the only safety for God's people at the end of time, and I believe we are it. We don't know the day or the hour, but we can certainly know when the coming of Jesus is near, even at the doors, as Jesus said. And we've been sharing week in and week out that the signs are telling us that the end of all things is at hand. Isn't that right, Sharissa? Amen. Everything is literally telling us that Jesus' coming is at the doors. Yes. So we've discovered that the only safety for God's end time people, preparing for the coming of Jesus, preparing the world for the coming of Jesus, is to look unto Jesus, who is the author and finisher of our faith. Because they're described as those who have the faith of Jesus. Mm, I love the definition. Yeah, faith of Jesus. And so Philippians chapter 1, verse 6 adds um, a little more to Hebrews 12, 1 to 3, where we discover regarding the, you know, looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Would you like to read Philippians 1, 6, please? It says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. Sounds like an author and a finisher right there. Exactly. So <laughs> he begins it and he completes it. So for those who may be fearful, you know, being called a saint, you know, persevering through those difficult times and they're like, I just don't think I've got it in me. I just don't think I'm going to make it. There's a lot of people who feel afraid when they think of the end times, when they think of what the Bible says, and they're like, I just don't think I'm going to make it. I think I'm going to cave in to the enormous pressure that's going to be exerted at the end of time. What would you say to someone like that, Sharissa? Come to Jesus, look to Jesus, and ask him to grow your faith. 
What if you are a new Christian and you've just started believing in Jesus? I mean, you're, you know, you don't have those heavy duty faith muscles yet. How, how are you going to get through? It's so wonderful because God takes the responsibility upon himself to give us the faith that we need to develop that faith in us. So according to what Jesus said, do we need a whole heap of faith, like a truckload of faith, or do we need a little bit Just of faith? little faith is even powerful. The little size of a mustard seed. Of a mustard which seed. Which is small. Which is small. And so, so the point is that how much faith do you have? Make sure whatever faith you have is connected to Christ. Exactly. So even the faith of a mustard seed, if you've connected your tiny, eeny, weeny, beeny, meeny, meeny, a little bit of faith. Sorry, how small? <laughs> I don't know if I can repeat that. <laughs> Just as well, I probably can't. A one-time but, uh, <laughs> but if we, whatever faith we have, and everyone, according to Scripture, has been given a measure of faith. Isn't that wonderful? So every and it's like person, a muscle. Like yeah. The more you exercise faith exactly. in Christ, the stronger that faith becomes. Indeed. Because you know what? The reality, Sharissa, at the very... 11th hour, in the last hour, there's going to be individuals who will accept the good news of the gospel. You know, when this final crisis breaks out that we read of in Revelation 13 and 14 and, you know, continuing through Revelation, you know, the mark of the beast crisis, when that breaks out upon the world, there's going to be, you know, millions, I believe. You know, who knows? Only God knows how many. I pray that it's in the billions. Oh, we Mm -hmm. don't know. Mm -hmm. We know that the vast majority, sadly, will not choose um, to be loyal to God. Instead, they will choose to go along with... And that shouldn't surprise us. And that shouldn't surprise us because it's always been the case, hasn't it? Yeah, absolutely. Day of Noah. Days of Noah, days of Lot, um, the days of Christ, yes. um, all the way through, you know, down through the centuries. But what we know is that those who will be coming to Christ in those final moments before probation closes, that little bit of faith, God will cement them in his in his faith, in his righteousness, because it's the faith of Christ. Amen. Faith in Jesus, faith of Jesus. And so they have nothing to be afraid of. Mm. Isn't that good news? Best news. That's wonderful news. So, all right. So when we're talking about that, we're going to now, um, yeah, look at, look at Revelation 14, 14, which, um, which follows on from uh, the three angels' messages, Revelation 14. In fact, Revelation 14, 13 is a, is a powerful scripture. That, that's, that's the in-between scripture yes. that describes those who will be, I guess, resting mm-hmm. in their graves um, just before Jesus returns. This is kind of towards the end of time because there's going to be many martyrs at the end of time. The Bible tells us. But there's a beautiful promise uh, regarding them in Revelation 14, verse 13. Would you like to read that, please? And I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, Write, Blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Mm. So these are God's people who, even even though their lives may be taken away from them, which we read of in Revelation chapter 13, um, they are resting. Mm. That reminds us of the rest that we're going to have in Jesus. Mm-hmm. And sadly, those who receive the mark of the beast, there is no rest for them, as we as we read earlier. So these are the ones who rest from their labors and their works follow them. Mm. Do you think this has got anything to do with the commandments of God? Absolutely. Their loyalty, their outward loyalty. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. It has a lot to do with that, hasn't it? And then it describes... 
the coming of Jesus. Do you want to read um, uh, Revelation 14, 14, please? Then I looked, and behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. Okay. Now, in this passage here, we have the grain being reaped, and who do the... Who 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 are represented by the grain? You've got the grain and the grapes in the rest of Revelation. Well, the Friday. harvest of grain seems to be a good harvest. That's a good harvest. So, and I think we get that from even Jesus' parable, the wheat That's and the right. tares. That's the wheat's right. always the good. That's right. And the tares, not so. So in this case, the grapes, mm. not so. Not so, not so. So if, you, if you're part of the grain... Part of the saved, part mm-hmm. of the grace, sadly. Grapes, you're sadly part of the lost. Now, it's interesting. Jesus speaks of these two groups in Matthew 24, verse 30 and 31. So we're going to look at Matthew 24 in a lot of detail um, in our upcoming series. But this is an interesting passage here where Jesus describes these two groups, the grain and the grapes. Matthew 24, verse 30 and 31. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory, and he will send his angels with a great sound of a trumpet, and they will gather his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Okay, so we have two groups. One group will mourn, and the other group are described as what? The elect. Yes. The elect. So... Two groups at the end of time that Jesus spoke of. Two groups here in Revelation chapter 14 um, when Jesus returns after the three angels' messages have been preached, after probation has closed. And it's interesting we also have the response of these two groups. And it's interesting those who mourn that Jesus spoke of in Matthew 24, they are described in Revelation 6 verses 16 to 17. It's fascinating what they say as they are mourning. Here is their mourning cry. Fall on us and hide us from the face of him who sits on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. The great day of his wrath has come and who is able to stand? Mm, so they are asking to be hidden. There's a lot of irony there, isn't there? Like mm. a lamb. Mm. They're afraid of the wrath of the Lamb. And they're asking to be hidden. Yeah. This is Jesus. He is the Lamb. And so, yeah, what did you want to say? I was just thinking the first time the human race went into hiding mm. <laughs> was way back in Eden when Adam and Eve that. Good point. were in their shame and guilt. Mm. And when we don't surrender our shame and guilt to Christ, we're holding mm. on to it. And when Jesus comes, this will be our response if we don't accept our need for a Savior and come to him. Mm. And we don't have that rest. Yes, and that comes from coming to him. Here are those who do not have rest and they hide and and they mourn. Mm. Whereas the other group, the elect, the grain, they are described in Isaiah 25 verse 9. What is their cry? Oh, this will be interesting. And it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for him and he will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for him. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Mm. Is there a contrast between the two groups? Yes. One is happy. The other is scared. Yes, indeed. And it's interesting. It says we have waited for him. Patient endurance. Yes, the patient endurance. That's what I thought of as I as I read that passage. So you can see all these connecting points. God's end time people will 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 rejoice mm-hmm. um, as they see the coming of Jesus drawing near. Not be afraid. So when we see the news headlines, and maybe it's not good to 
watch the news too much these days. Um, but but when we do come across the news headline, when we see petrol prices going $2 and above, when lettuce is $8 a lettuce and we see all these things and, and mortgage price, I mean mortgage you know, mortgage rates increasing, interest rates, inflation, violence, immorality. When we see all these things, we ought not to be afraid. We ought not to be fearful, but instead we ought to be looking up and realizing that these are signs that Jesus is coming soon and that our salvation is drawing near. We will be glad and rejoice in his salvation. Mm, powerful. Very, very powerful. So that's that's what we can look forward to, my friend. That is what we can look forward to. So, Sharissa, um, as we draw near to the coming of Jesus, you know, we've, we've talked about the three angels' messages. We've talked about God's final message of love to the world. How can people who want to know more, okay, we've unpacked this over 12 seconds, but they want to know more, they want to, they want to learn more about Christ and how they can have a relationship with him, what would you suggest? Get in touch. Let us know and let someone... You know, find a Bible-believing Seventh-day Adventist church and someone mm. can study with you. Absolutely. Are there are there many of these churches around? They're everywhere. They're everywhere. <laughs> Wonderful. So, so just Google it. Look up for the nearest Seventh-day Adventist church near you. Yeah, actually, you can even text us here on the number mm. and uh, we could help connect we'll help you, you with Absolutely. the local church. 04888 Indeed. So, folk, if you if you want to continue the journey, if you want to get to know Jesus, if you want to prepare for the soon return of Jesus, you want to prepare others, please do not hesitate. Give us a call. Send us a text. Um, and we want to help you. We don't That's want right. anyone to be unprepared. That's right. This is a free offer for everybody. Free, exactly. So <laughs> we're not going to charge them a single cent. That's right. The gospel is free. And, of course, keep listening to Faith FM. Mm, indeed. There's lots of uh, practical advice on how you can grow in your relationship with Jesus here. And some may be thinking, is there going to be enough room for everyone? In heaven? In heaven. Yeah, I've wondered that myself. Do you think the New Jerusalem is going to be spacious enough for everyone? I trust the Lord has room for us all. <laughs> He's prepared a place. Amen. And everyone has a place. So I'm going to share with you uh, a heartwarming story about my own mother um, after this um, music break as we look to land. But I really want to encourage everyone, keep looking to Jesus. We're almost home. Amen. The Booth Brothers now bring us the song, The Blind Man, He Saw It All. May this song encourage and uplift you as well. I was working in town one afternoon Attending some business affairs I heard a commotion a couple streets over And wondering what's happening there A young man was running from in that direction And stopped just to catch his breath I asked him to please tell me what was the hurry He smiled up at me and he said I was trying to catch the crippled man Did he run past this way? He was rushing home to tell everyone What Jesus did today And the mute man was telling Myself and the deaf girl he's leading to answer God's call. It's hard to believe, but if you don't trust me, ask the blind man, he saw it all. Oh, 
Christ the blind man, he saw it all. So my friend, if the struggles and burdens you carry are heavy and dragging you down, you've tried everything you can possibly think of, there's no relief to be found. That very same Jesus had altered the future of a blind man, the deaf and the lame. He is still reaching out in your hour of trouble. One touch and you're never the same. And you'll be trying to catch the crippled man. Did he run past this way? Oh, he was rushing on. Tell everyone what Jesus did today And the youth man was stunning Myself and the deaf girl He's leading to answer God's call Oh, it's hard to believe But if you don't trust me As the blind man, he saw it all Oh, as the blind man, he saw it all Did any have a story to share with us? Yes, I do. Yes, I do. As as we close out um, this program today and this series, and I thought of a story that I could share that I pray would encourage you to be faithful to the end, and um, could not go past uh, my own mother who had a huge influence on my life. She's probably had the greatest. Um, spiritual influence on my life. Uh, there's a whole big long story that I could share with you from when I was in nappies and she was teaching me to pray and teaching me to thank God for, for the cow that provided the milk um, <laughs> or, or mother that provided the milk for me and just taught me from a young age and she was just always been there. She's just been a deeply, a, she was a deeply spiritual woman. And um, sadly, yeah, sadly, a couple of years ago, two and a half years ago, she passed away from from cancer. However, before she passed away, um, she continued to study the Bible with individuals. And um, there was a young man who was struggling um, with 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 his own health concerns, serious health concerns. Um, and in her street there in Queensland, where she lived in the, in the suburb of Burpengary. And she would study with him and pray with him and read the Bible to him, read promises to him, encourage him. He was going through a really tough time and just encourage him and, and, and strengthen him. And then it came time, obviously, you know, sadly for um, for my mum to, you know, farewell this sin-sick earth and um, go to her rest, as we've read in Revelation 14, you know, 13. Blessed are those who die in the Lord from now on that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. And as a final as a final um, witness, I guess you could say, I conducted her funeral. It was probably the most difficult funeral I've ever conducted in my life. She asked me if I could conduct her funeral, which I did. Um, 
that was back in 2019, December 2019, I was able to share um, one, her, one of her final desires or final wishes was to be buried in a nightie, in a white nightie. And she wanted people to know that she was going to sleep. That's why she was going to be buried in a white nightie. She was going to sleep and she was going to be resting for a little bit. And on the packaging of this white nightie, she wrote this little um, post-it, which I have in my possession. And um, she wrote, you know, in her broken English, um, it is my burials or these are my burial clothes for I am going to have a rest in slipping or sleeping for a little time. <laughs> so my gorgeous. mother believed that the next thing she would see would be the face of Jesus, the one that she loved most. And she said, I want to be buried in a white nighty. You go to sleep in a nighty because the next thing she would know is she would see Jesus. She's going to have a little rest for a little time. And she knew the coming of Jesus was drawing near. So I want to encourage you know, our listeners to put their faith and trust in Jesus because Jesus is coming back soon. And um, whether whether we're alive or whether we are resting, we can have the confidence, as my mother did, that we will see him again and we'll be in his presence. Amen. Pastor Danny, would you close in prayer? Sure, I'd love to. Father in heaven, we want to thank you and praise you for your blessings. And Father, we do not know what the future holds, but we thank you that we know that you are the one who holds our future in your nail-scarred hands. And, Lord, that's all that matters. We thank you that you have invited us to be part of your patient saints at the end of time who are faithful and loyal to you by keeping your commandments, not to be saved, but because we are saved by your grace. And because of that, we thank you. We can put our faith and trust in Jesus and continue to put our faith in Jesus and trust in him and look to him continually. And we thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, God bless you all. It's been such a joy to have you with us. Join us again this time next week. And remember, fear looks around, regret looks back, but faith always looks up. So God bless you and keep looking up. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up when there's pain deep in your heart. Keep looking up, don't give up, don't give up Should the tears begin to start With a prayer all your cares He will cast Into the depths of the sea His love is always there for